0: Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast, where we discuss and review the classic
1: and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is not a game. It's a mini-episode
0: about arcade memories, so to speak. So to speak. Well, folks, we just wanted to start off with a special message to all of our fans, our patrons... And our listeners around the world, and uh, wanted to kind of apologize for the uh, hectic schedule or the lack of schedule. You know, I think you all noticed uh, we have had a few fewer releases lately than we'd like to—not our normal weekly schedule. Sure, sure. And we just thought we'd take a few moments to explain what's going on. Uh, do not worry; we are not ending the show. Uh, we are not <laughs> planning on cutting back. Uh, it's just a result of our our busy lives. Uh, you know. This is uh something we do in our spare time. It's our our passion project, if you will. And uh we're just working class guys. And uh Nick over there, he's uh I think he's he's leveled up. He's gone past working to ultra working these I, past few weeks.
1: Much to my chagrin, but you know, it's a it's a busy time in the in the warehouse industry, I'll tell you, and or I guess logistics. So yeah, it's been 50 60 hour weeks which is hey good money but it's uh it's it's makes it tough to schedule
0: yeah and you know nick uh works hard and 60 hours a week mandatory overtime that's a lot of working you know and the funny part is is we're still playing these games and we would still if we could be recording these shows the problem is i am also working a bit more than i have before i work for a local restaurant uh, very short on staff. So I've, you know, told them I could put in a couple more nights just to make sure, you know, they've got what they need. Sure, uh, but sure. it's also the beginning of my coaching season with robotics. And there's some personal things that have come up that are making my days a little little busier. Uh, mother-in-law has been diagnosed with early onset dementia. So I'm taking over some grocery shopping duties, things like that. Mm. So our days are getting very full. Um, and the problem is, is that I work at night and Nick works <laughs> during the day, the early day. Yeah, so yeah. when we do have that crossover time uh there it just doesn't exist you know he's out of work and i'm not sadly our our venn diagrams have a a thin sliver so we don't want you to think that uh you know this is a permanent change you know a lot of this is holiday focused especially i know on nick's end Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh we definitely have you know a lot of shows coming your way and we definitely want to be back on that weekly schedule as soon as possible yeah so fear not cartridge commandos this is not a negative or a sad message to our friends and fans. It's just a little explainer so <laughs> what's going on in our worlds and and how things are going to, you know, progress in the near future. Yeah, yeah, little heads up. We can't say exactly when we're going to be back on our normal schedule, but hopefully it'll be sooner than later. Yeah. And we thought, man, how lame is it to just have a a little message? Yeah, that's totally lame. No one wants to just listen to that. So, we thought we would pair that message with a little mini episode talking about our arcade memories. Oh yeah arcade memories that's where the music goes sure so nick oh you know what was your first experience with arcade the x-men villain that we're going to be talking (laughs) about for the next half hour
1: well it was his revenge i believe (laughs) on the super nintendo uh
0: you know as a comics fan i had also not encountered him until that video game oddly enough i feel like you know if he was in that big white the marvel
1: universe book maybe but Mm -hmm. he's one of those i would have skipped past that page i tell you that That's it's like Um, oh a
0: guy with a bow tie nothing
1: i have toy themed (laughs) it's like all right moving along
0: no for real it's a let's we're gonna be talking about the arcade experience which for many of us uh you know if you are in that you know, 50, 40, late thirties age group. <laughs> uh, that was your real first experience with video games. Of course there was the Atari, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, for you and me, that was kind of like the, the cousin or uncle system. Yeah. Didn't I, my
1: family never owned an Atari. We, we did have a TI 99 4a or
0: whatever that little computer, which I still have. Uh... Oh, nice. And, uh, <clears throat> And so for me, and possibly for you, my first experience ever seeing a video game was an arcade game. I'm sure it was the same for me. Because, you know, in our youth, arcade cabinets were everywhere. They were in the entryway to uh, grocery stores. They were, of course, at every pizzeria. You know, you'd find them in the middle of the mall, just clustered in a group of four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the little out in the middle of the walkways and stuff. But, you know, the arcade itself... Holds a special place in my heart. The centrif, <laughs> the business that is only there to house video games and arcade games. Sure. And for me, my first arcade experience was when I was four, maybe five years old. Yeah. Uh, there was one in our neighborhood. I couldn't tell you exactly where it is because you know I was four or five, and <laughs> I remember going there with my dad. I remember opening the doors to it, and it was just so dark and smoky. <laughs> And Mysterious. every three or four games, there was a you know an ash big old ashtray next to it, or some of them screwed into the front of a cabinet. Wow! And this was the era of Kangaroo, Donkey Kong three, Qbert. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, we were just getting into some side scrolling games. I remember Rolling Thunder being there and blowing my mind. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, but I would always try to you know really gravitate towards those single screen games. Like you know, they held me; they were a little easier for my my young hands. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, that arcade even had a baby Pac-Man machine. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. I remember that. And I also remember never seeing it again after after that arcade. Is that the where it's like pinball? Half pinball, and... half video game. Neither part that, that great. I believe there's one uh, one
1: arcade super awesome in Columbus. I've seen it there. Ah, Was that the arcade we went to
0: after your wedding? Uh, no. OK, that was a barcade. A little different. Indeed it was. <laughs> and uh, what was the first arcade you can remember going to? Uh, it's it's hard to say
1: because I didn't, you know, the solo designated arcades, you know, there weren't really any that I, I found myself at, you know. Now, so, I would
0: consider the side of Putt-Putt to be an arcade as well.
1: Yeah, th- there was that. And there was also in our nearby shopping mall had a fun and games where sometimes you know if you're at the mall and you're lucky enough if you can nag some quarters out of your parents but I, I didn't really get there much honestly the first place i i really remember specifically is probably showbiz pizza
0: man showbiz pizza now sadly chuck e cheese is the one that you know retained the title it but took from, it over yeah it did but for my money as a kid it was all about showbiz because the difference was is that showbiz was truly an arcade not just a a fun zone that wasn't you know 80 percent ticket machines
1: yes i you know they still had skee ball in the ball pit and all that but there were you know lines of games where which when the same building later became a chuck e cheese would be replaced by more you know and what are those uh shit um... <laughs> You know, like you're riding a horse and it just mo- – or a crappy yeah. rocket ship that, you know,
0: mm. where it's, it's- – It's like a motion ride before yeah. there was even <laughs> screens involved. Yeah, yeah. And so you experienced the showbiz. Was that uh, going to someone's birthday party? Did you have a birthday party at showbiz? I, I did not, but I remember, you know, and, and again later Chuck
1: E. Cheese. But, you know, I, I have some very specific memories of, you know, it was the first place I played Moon Patrol mm. or uh, Jungle Hunt, if you remember that game. I- now
0: – yeah. And now a well, side question real quick. When you were a child, how did you feel about the Rock of Fire explosion, the house band of Showbiz Pizza?
1: They were fine, you know, um, and they had what were the other ones that weren't there was like Pasquale, that old Italian stereotype mm-hmm. character, uh, some other. I don't know. It's we would often dare each other to get up to the stage and get close to them. But I certainly never did because
0: <laughs> they were horrifying in a way. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, uh, Showbiz was definitely one of those premier video game destinations if it was a birthday party uh, when we were Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had a birthday at Putt-Putt once. Okay. And uh, that was, you know, I think everyone got like a dollar's worth of tokens to kind of just run around, you know, Putt-Putt's done while your parents are picking you up. Sure, yeah. Play these these video
1: games. That would be a staple later on in my life, though. Um, You know, more high school when my dad would take us to Putt-Putt every saturday or two a month you know uh
0: just and you know we'd all get like and why why was it just your dad taking you oh well this is a post-divorce activity so yes and i think that is uh, the other factor that you know many uh kids our age would say it was not until after the divorce <laughs> that the arcade uh, visiting ticked up greatly sure sure and uh, Luckily you know, for me, my divorce happened when I was five. So I had many more <laughs> years of arcade going experience.
1: Uh, yeah, see. and But yeah, early on, other than
0: showbiz, it was mostly uh, roller skating. Oh, yeah. Through, the roller rink was a big place for it. Uh, the only sports downside sports. was, man, sometimes if you still were in your skates, you're in trouble. I Don't even, don't even try to play uh, Spy Hunter. I, I never had
1: the cojones to just... Because I didn't care about the roller skating at all, and you know, you, I, I always thought where I was like, maybe I should just keep my shoes on and just play, use that for some extra the the shoe rental money for extra tokens, but uh, I never did it. It's one of the few things I
0: was coordinated enough to do. So I was like, yeah, I can roller skate. I could okay, but it was I was I, there for the games. Agreed. At one point, I think I could shoot the duck, but that was about the height of my roller skating. Oh, nice. So a little yeah. skating backwards, so uh i I got close to trying to i got close to trying it again like a year ago at the roller rink which oddly enough i'm at way more as an adult than i would ever imagine due to my (laughs) my children uh and us living near a roller rink that's crazy um but on the way down i realized i was like nope too old i'm gonna hurt myself just it's not worth it don't be a hero don't pretend like you're just uh, i gotta get something off the ground or who knows sure yeah yeah Uh, For me, though, you know, my biggest arcade experiences were once my uh, parents divorced, uh, you know, you got to have something to do with your kid on Wednesday night or weekend day that you're stuck with them. (laughs) Sure. And, uh, you know, my dad lived in a very small apartment downtown. We weren't going to hang out there very much. So, you know, for me, it was the typical 80s afternoon of the mall and a movie. There you go. And for me, the arcade that is at the core of my heart is Aladdin's Castle. Oh, sure. That was... Kind of the standard Midwest mall arcade, if it wasn't a mom and pop. I get, yeah, see, I I never, I have never been
1: to or even heard of Aladdin's Castle until many years later. So, but I wasn't a big mall goer as well as a, as a kid, you know? Well, you also lived in a more
0: rural area. That's true. The boonies, you might say. The closest mall I think you had was like, you know, in a nearby city and it was not, not a very large mall by mall standards.
1: No, as I would learn as I got older, but it was uh, still a fascinating place for a young kid, though.
0: Yeah. No, I had a, a mall nearby uh, that had a small arcade, and then that shut down when I was probably about seven or eight. So we had to drive out to the Eastgate Mall a little further away, but it was nicer because oh. it was a huge mall. It had a Orange Julius. Oh, man. You know, everything you want. Sam Goody, Spencer's, that leather store, Radio Shack. <laughs> you know i'm sm- you can smell it when you, you think about it walking by that sure that yeah wilson's I, leather or whatever it was i, I don't even know <laughs> of course we had a kb toys KB you know, is a staple and that you kind of make your rotation through but the you know the gym of the night was that half an hour to however long it took you to burn through your money at the arcade yep yep and uh luckily for me and many other children the Aladdin's castle had a $5 deal. You put a $5 in the, the token machine and you would get four extra tokens, 24 total hot dog. No, I think the putt putt had a similar deal. If you were like a club member, uh, there was something where it was, it was
1: a pretty good deal. If I remember where it was like, if you spent $20, you got 30 or dollars worth of tokens, or mm-hmm. I don't know. We always ended up with these little paper sacks full of tokens that you would, or a little envelope you might, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. My dad would keep a small cup. In his, in his car, of the leftover tokens. Oh, nice. And the best part was is those were never like, uh, oh, we have to take those in and use them each time. Those were like the overflow tokens. So if I wanted to take them in, I could. And that's like the days I was like, I'm going to beat this darn game. I don't oh, care shit. how many tokens I got to throw at it. Yep, that's when the overflow that. tokens would come into play. Sure, yeah. But for me, it was just such a magical place. You walk into an arcade and there are, you know, you're hit with that wall of sound that is just... You'll never hear again unless you go to another arcade.
1: No, yes, it's a uh, great. It's, yeah, very
0: nostalgic as well. You know, the bleeps and bloops, the attract screens of so many discordant games all going off at the same time. Kids yelling at each other, running around. <laughs> That's
1: always a big part of any arcade experience, or at least was for me, where it was like, well, I'm out of quarters. I guess I'll just watch these. The attract going go around looking. You know, maybe maybe there's a quarter
0: in the the re- coin return slot or on the yep. floor or you know check scouring the, anything. Always check the return slot. Always check under the floor, right underneath the machines, especially yeah. near the coin machine. I mean, I found a few that way. Not, yeah, not many, not a high percentage,
1: but it was worth the enough shot. to keep you looking. <laughs> yeah. Another big arcade I had, and again, this is more middle school, but was at a nearby amusement park in the old days, uh, Kings Island, had three huge arcades that had every game I could ever imagine, I remember, you know, this is in probably 89, 90, when I, I had first went there, and I was... I, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of roller coasters at the time. So me and my friend, even, you know, it was just like, wow, like I, I never
0: got bored there. Just there were so many games. It was crazy. Now, as a season pass holder with my father,
1: <laughs>
0: I was at that amusement park quite often. And it was truly amazing. Um, being a pass holder allowed me to just kind of waste time there with my dad. Sometimes a lot of mm-hmm. times, if you were at that park, your parents would be like, don't we're not wasting our time in the arcade. There's arcades right, right. back where we live, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I heard that all the time, but you got to pass. You know, you can hey. spend as much time as you want there, yeah. and that was truly where all of the rarest machines were. And I'm not sure why, but like I think it's part of the fact that it was just so large. Yeah, and uh, that they just never got rid of anything or something. You know, I, I remember yeah. seeing games there that I'd never seen anywhere else. I, I saw the Spider-Man arcade game there. Okay, okay. That's like my big rare. That's the one I. That's the oh. one I remember the most. And uh, those arcades uh, still exist. There's still two of them there. Oh, are there? Okay. They're not great. They're, they're kind of like what your modern arcade experience is. Yeah. You know, a lot of racing games, a lot of shooting games, a lot of these games based on um, apps, really, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, there's a... Yeah. I, you know what? I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm pretty darn good at that Crossy Road ticket game. So... <laughs> okay. If I need to get those extra few tickets at the Hinkle Family Fun Center. Shout out to my Albuquerque friends. Oh. Uh? That's, you know, I'm either gonna just spend a couple credits there or rock that Ghostbusters game mm. get that extra 500 tickets every time oh wow it's a lot of tickets it is uh sadly it's a little tighter at our local uh one and I can't I, I have a harder time getting that bonus I see anyways it was a huge arcade and you know I think um, a lot of big amusement parks had that I, I remember maybe Cedar Point also had some big uh, uh, arcades as well. I
1: I could see that, but I I never went there at that age. You know, King's Island was the only
0: one. One of the things that, uh, you know, I think made arcades such like a special place for kids was that once you went into that arcade, it was considered like a safe place. Like you no longer had to be next to your parent. (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah. Or if you were my parent, you often would just sit outside the arcade on a bench reading the paper. There you go, keeping up on the, the news of the day. And so, you know, arcades were always just such a, An amazing place that you know, it was this place that only existed to serve our passion, video games. And in it, it was like kids are in charge. Like, you know, I mean, literally, the the person manning the, the machines, fixing things, or whatever, was probably some 16 year old that, right, right, usually didn't care much about what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Or some weird old guy that just hung out in the back room the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, and I I had a lot of, you know, I
1: I think I touched on this before when we talked about Mortal Kombat. But, you know, some random dude just explained how moves worked and stuff to me. That was a, a big part of me figuring out how to play fighting games and use special moves and stuff. So, you know, and that was just like a random thing, you know? That, yeah that there's cool. like a
0: level of camaraderie you would find there you know you would team up with total strangers to get through the four-player simpsons or the x-men arcade game
1: yeah or you know it was fun sometimes I, I have a memory of you know how you mentioned earlier about like well today's the day i'm just going to beat this game or mm-hmm. i'm just going to feed everything i've got into i did that um at the fun and games at a at the mall we talked about earlier and just mm-hmm. plowed through Probably ninety percent of Magic Sword one day, and slowly I I acquired this crowd of like little kids who were just like whoa
0: watching me, and you know I had like eight little kids. but I I felt like a star. I think my only uh really glory moment in the arcade was uh, beating the Star Wars arcade game when it had first come out. And unbeknownst to me, like two kids were watching me, and they were when I was done, they were like, "Whoa, you did it!" (laughs) Like I did, I did it, kids. They saw it. It happened. Yes, made it all worthwhile. Now, you said your dad, you know, often took you to the arcade. Was there any games he would ever play? Oh, some. He was kind of,
1: especially Mortal Kombat, he was like, you know, my dad was uh, probably like many men of his age, was a big fan of Bruce Lee and martial arts movies. So Mortal Kombat, the, you know, the fighting games were kind of similar to that. So he was always kind of interested, but they were too complicated. Hmm. Now, what about uh, racing games? So your dad is a car guy. That's true. And, yeah, know, sometimes... Um, I remember him kind of... We both would laugh at hard driving, if you remember that. Mm, yes. Early polygon, slow game. But but the big one that we played through together, and I think we've talked about this before uh, and have in common, is
0: the Terminator 2 yeah, arcade that is, game. I think the only non-racing game my dad ever played in the arcade. But Terminator 2, you know, it, my dad forced me to see that movie, and I, I thank him for that. <laughs> I think I was going to go see i'm sure you were like no i hate terminator 2 bill and ted's bogus journey for like the second or third time and he's like no you gotta oh, sure. see this movie it's so good i was like but it's rated r <laughs> you think mom will be mad he's like it doesn't matter you gotta watch it and he was right it was awesome <laughs> for uh, sure. and then yeah. yeah we both when that game came out in the arcade that was a two-player shooting game and it was a good one it was really fun it all takes place yeah, in the future was. so
1: yeah yeah um, my, my dad also in the early days of arcades was uh He was a big fan of Dragon's Lair and Space Ace. I know he was one of the people who could beat, you know, and memorize Dragon's Lair, I believe. So your dad is a
0: a little younger than mine. Yeah. So that's that's pretty awesome that he he was there for that and also had the uh, fortitude to memorize it.
1: When I I was that young, you know, three or four, he was like 22, 23, you know, pretty young. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's still you're still young and hip at that age so you play some arcades on games on your on your lunch break or whatever you know
0: yeah now for my dad it was all motorcycle or racing games uh hang on was one of his big Mm. favorites because to him that was like well this is real like i get to lean like i do on my motorcycle yeah yeah those well i mean those were awesome
1: cabinets the the like trifecta the sega trifecta of hang on outrun
0: and afterburner yeah and then our big shared game was uh Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Off-Road Racing. I, I did play that with my dad some, too. I forgot about that. You know, it's just arcadey enough. And, you know, if you pump enough quarters in there, you can beef your car up to, like, yeah, yeah. really be able to, you know, hang in there as long as you want. <laughs> man, that, that cabinet has some squirrely wheels. It does. But once you get used to it, man, you can just throw that wheel and then grab it again. And it's such a fun, visceral feeling. I I bet all those machines are just beat to hell.
1: I know. You know, as a kid, too, I just couldn't resist, like, you know, spinning it so fast, uncontrollably. I was, yeah. I was never that good at that. I, I got all right on the NES version, but the opinion, I would, uh, it was not very,
0: not too hot. I would always try to save a quarter or two to play with my dad or a coin. So over the years, I really, I mean, that was one that stuck around forever. And then they came out with the upgraded cabinet that had, like, the Baja in it and whatnot. And oh, okay, okay. So, I mean, I, I was at a point to where, I could just perfect a car on one coin. Nice, and to this day, it's still stuck in there pretty good. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I can get uh, pretty far without much effort. Well, those tracks—they're all the same, right? Yeah, and I did have it for Super Nintendo also. So sure, yeah, yeah. Now, Nick, let's get to the to the my real big question of the show. Uh oh. That is, what is? I'm, I'm I'm I have it as one question. I'm gonna break it into two. What is your favorite arcade game? And then I'm going to start with uh. Your favorite arcade game pre-middle school and post-middle school. Okay, wow. Well, I think I know the answer for post-middle school. Sure,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, which, you know, we, we'll just say it now. It's uh, probably Street Fighter 2. Yeah. You know, changed my life. That's the or my arcade preferences but by a big deal. Before, and But before that, if I really think about it, you know, there are tons of games I enjoyed, but the one that I look forward to the most was... Gauntlet. Yeah. It was a, uh, you know, four players like uh it was medieval which I don't know. It really I you mean you love you do love the medieval. I was super into Black Tiger even though I barely ever got to play it cuz I wasn't very good at
0: it. I remember and that it, was but man Gauntlet was was so cool. And for its time, man, that was a cabinet that literally screamed at you to play it. Well yeah, and it had the voice, you know, it had voice. Those sound effects were awesome for its time. Red Wizard is about that, to die. Boom. Those kind yeah. of noises, those were great. I mean, it so much was happening on the screen. Like, I could not believe you could have that many enemies at once.
1: Yeah, it was uh, truly breathtaking for a six to eight-year-old or so.
0: <laughs> now, I'm going to split mine into two categories, early and later, because, you know, middle school is kind of where I dropped out of the arcade scene. I, you know, did not click with the fighting games, and that took over, you know? That, and definitely. And they all became more expensive. And uh, that's mm-hmm. when uh, middle school... that's when i moved away you know joined the air force life with my uh stepfather sure and the free money at the arcade has dried up (laughs) so i wasn't spending 50 cents on any games that's for sure yeah yeah uh so you know my early arcade experiences, joust of course is my favorite oh sure yeah you know you could find a joust machine for years in a lot of arcades those early williams games those early games they could take a beating and uh You'd always have at least one or two of those old school games floating around, like Centipede or Galaxian, that kind of stuff. And for me, I, Joust I liked, was it.
1: It's a great game that I remember liking, but was never that good at, so I didn't, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's a game where once you get the feel for it, though, then it's on because it's a two-player game. It's two-player versus maybe, you know. Yeah. And to this day, if there's a Joust machine, I will try to get my name on the board, top ten. No matter what, if the top yeah. ten is as if there's a spot in the top ten uh, around a hundred thousand, I can do it no problem. Squeeze in there. If they're all real high, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll. get well, to... it does have a The board's top thirty, so it kind of okay. Okay, he yeah. gives you gives a little
1: more room to. <laughs> a game I really wish I was good at in the arcade is Defender,
0: but yeah, that you know it has such a specific so, controls. You know, you know. As people know on the show, I do coach on a robotics team, and one of the other coaches is like an old school '70s nerd. Okay, uh, that's why our team is uh, Star Trek themed, which means nothing to the children on the team, but man, is it great <laughs> for all the old nerds that uh, that uh, are the judges at competitions. Nice, yeah, yeah. But of course, his favorite game is Defender. It's awesome. It's an awesome and he experience. has a original Defender cabinet in his basement. Oh, nice. And he has a uh, a sit down version as well. Wow, okay, man. He's the real deal, huh? I know, I know. And, you know, Defender is awesome. I, I modeled the marquee on my uh, home arcade cabinet to be uh, similar to the uh, marquee on Defender as well, that models space background. Sure, sure. It's got a great font, too. Yeah, yeah. Now, as far as, uh, as I got older, you know, my taste changed, and there's so many games I loved, you know, through the end of my grade school era. All of those two- and four-player, you know, side-scrolling beat-em-ups were coming out. Oh, sure. And I loved them all, but for some reason, the one that really sticks with me the most that I always go back to was Sunset Riders. Okay, that's a really good one, man. It's got a little bit of everything. You've got the side-scrolling, you've got aiming in multiple directions, you got the bonus stages where you shoot the backgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Different characters have different guns. For me, it was like the culmination of all the things I liked about, you know, the Simpsons and and yeah yeah etc side-scrolling games it was like those plus one extra layer
1: and aside from its western setting and stuff you know it it does have its own kind of gameplay versus the rest of you know your Ninja Turtles your Simpsons blah 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 X-Men's where you know it's less of just like a beat-em-up so it's a little more distinct in that way
0: it's uh, it's a great game lots of fun but you know that's like saying it's like 0.2% over so many other games. I have a huge list of games I loved growing up from the early games like uh, Vindicators, the twin stick tank oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. That always blew my mind. I loved um, Spy Hunter, of course. I remember playing, uh, do you remember Stun Runner? Stun Runner, that was way up there for me. We had a sit-down version of Stun Runner. Yeah, we had one
1: too. Where you, yeah, and you're going through the polygon tunnels.
0: That blew my mind because when that game came out, you are in a vehicle driving and are on these tubes. You can uh, a little creature or vehicle will drop uh, bombs for you to use or a gun onto your ship. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is like Stun Runner in the future. Right, right. It was great. And by Stun Runner, I meant uh, Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter that's what i I got it i got it yeah i mean the thing about arcades for us was that and it's kind of lost on all all people after our generation is that the graphics and gameplay you got in an arcade was Mm -hmm. one to two generations ahead of anything you had at home
1: yeah there there's no way even i mean when would you say 64 bit like you know like it wasn't until
0: dreamcast
1: yeah it was like even the you know like super nintendo was like you could get close but it was still wasn't up there you know
0: yeah and it wasn't until the naomi boards and the dreamcast crossover stuff that it was really like yeah. well now i can play a crazy taxi in the arcade and at home and they're pretty much identical right right but before that it was a huge leap i mean part of the reason that mario brothers super mario brothers blew my mind was that you it was side scrolling like arcade yeah games. yeah yeah and before i had thought of home video games as only single screen experiences I mean, with
1: very few exceptions, you know, Pitfall 2, maybe, uh, not not many at
0: all. Yeah. Hero on Atari. So when you saw a game that had really amazing graphics, it didn't matter what kind of game that was. <laughs> yeah. You, you were like, I'll try it. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Because you wanted to see what it could do. Yeah, it was. And another thing, too, about
1: arcades was that they were like saturday morning cartoons or something this is where the new stuff was you didn't see it at home and you didn't you know you didn't know what was there until you went so there were always something you hadn't seen or and you didn't know how
0: long a machine would last at your arcade yeah yeah sometimes it'd be there for a month sometimes it'd be there for six months and you never knew when your favorite machine would be gone and replaced with something else so it was a yeah turbulent time for for youth and then there was always like that period where you were like well, I've played everything here. I've beaten the ones I want. What do I? I guess I'll go play some clacks. I don't know. Just mess around. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not not spending the money I was given for this arcade. Yeah, yeah. Let's not be crazy. It's like a government budget. It's like you can't <laughs> ever show that you didn't use it all, or else you may not get as much next time. Yeah. We cannot have that happen. So this has actually gone on a little longer than I was expecting, which is great. But I do want to um, kind of wrap this up with some. Uh, you know, some shared experiences because in high school, we were lucky enough to have one arcade, you know, where we, when we finally met each other, uh-huh, that was still open. And, you know, thanks to our good buddy and friend of the show, Bill, there was yeah. always a ride to that arcade That's whenever right, we yeah. asked. Yeah. Yeah. Bill loved that arcade. And, you know, he took us out to that mall, which is I think gone now. Right. Ah, man, I haven't been back there and, and, in... well, I know it's shut down. No. I don't know they've crumbled the dust yet, but <laughs> it, uh, and it was a real tiny mom and pop just like one little shop carved out of a you know side wing of the mall yeah yeah what was the name of this place do you remember that that was fun and games that right? was fun and games yeah yeah okay and you know they had maybe like what 20 30 cab- not not that many cabinets it was it wasn't
1: huge i mean that's that was where i first played a lot of street fighting games for a while just maybe even post high school I had a Marvel versus Capcom rivalry with the dude who worked there, but I mean, come on, he worked there. How could I, right. I lost, sorry, I lost you at, at, at that game uh, plenty of times there as well. Or I remember, that's also a place I remember playing one of, this is a much later arcade game, Zero Gunner, where it was like this helicopter, you know what I'm yeah. talking about?
0: Uh, kind of early semi-polygonal game. It was uh, pretty fun. And then, you know, We've been to, of course, Dave and Buster's a few times over the years together for, you know, various functions and things and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then with the rise of these, uh, you know, the retro game scene coming up, there have become barcades. There's uh... Yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, we were, you know, lucky enough to take a small trip as part of your bachelor party extravaganza. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, like all uh, manly men do. You start with a Street Fighter tournament at night. <laughs> you follow up the next day with a trip to the Galloping Ghost in Chicago, Illinois. Yes, which is an awesome place with a ton of arcade machines. Uh, you know, once I discovered it, I feel like I've got to try to get it out there every two years or so because it is amazing. If you have never been there, you know, anytime you find yourself anywhere near the Chicago land area, it's right south of the city. You got to go. It is unbelievable. I think they have over 250 working machines at all times. Yeah, and you just pay what, like 20 bucks, get in and yep. all the machines are free. Yeah, and you can even re-enter. There's a, you know, restaurants yeah. around, a little bar down the street. It's phenomenal. And the great part is is they do a really good job of maintaining the machines, but it's also just a huge like nostalgia trip where every time you turn a corner you see a machine you hadn't thought about in 20, 30 years, or sometimes a new one. I didn't know there was a
1: Kroll game. Yeah. I spent some time playing that because I was fascinated by it.
0: And what games did we play together uh, that day? Well, we played X-Men. Oh, that's right. We we played the six-player X-Men. And our our good buddy stood there and just... (laughs) (laughs) Someone had rang up a ton of credits. And we're like, well, we don't want to start in the middle.
1: Yeah, some jerk hit the start button. Like, it was 90-some credits. And we just had to
0: walk off this one pit over and over with one character. By God, we were going to start at the beginning of that game.
1: Dug on it. And one of the... uh, I don't even remember. It was like Shadows Over Karamikos or one of the Dungeons & Dragons yes. beat-em-up games. That There was a series of those. I used to love those. Uh,
0: Tower of Mistara. They have all of them there. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. And they're great. Fun stuff. And then, uh, you know, finally, after your wedding, the after party was at a barcade in the downtown of your very fine city. That's right. Nerdy nuptials all around. And while I don't think you had a lot of got a lot of time in on the arcade side, I uh, no, I was I was a little busy. You know, you know, but, yeah. r- receiving all of the warm wishes and whatnot. Yeah, I did manage to get over to that uh, Joust machine a few times. Oh, nice! Get up there! And I, I swear, I just, by the end of the night, I, I was like, I got to get in that top ten, and it took a lot of tries because I had a few adult beverages that day. <laughs> yeah, impaired. But before we left, I did make it on that board. Nice. So, what does the future hold for arcades in general? Well, they've mainly become uh, places for grown men to go, drink beers, and perhaps <laughs> drag their children along before six o'clock when it switches to a twenty-one and up crowd. There you go. Uh, but you know, there is also a great arcade expo over in Pittsburgh. The uh, Replay FX—it's the second, other half of the Pinburg Pinball Tournament—and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I try to make it out there. The other, the years I'm not going to. The galloping ghost so hopefully i'll see some uh cartridge commandos out there because they have a lot of interesting rare machines stand-up machines or sit-in machines they have the yeah yeah
1: Exotic, a lot of cool things uh, you don't
0: see things out in the wild as often so yeah. it's always always a blast to be able to play on the original hardware and it's always great to see that you know more people are trying to share this arcade experience with their kids yeah you know they got those one-up machines out there now like the little mini machines people are collecting
1: oh yeah oh yeah
0: So, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll find ourselves at an arcade again soon. Yeah. And uh, if you see Nick and I I out there, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to put that quarter up on the glass. (laughs)
1: Letting
0: us know you got next game. Oh, if you dare. I'll always acquiesce to a quarter on the edge. (laughs) And uh, one final note, if you if you are a huge fan of your old arcade, get on eBay and buy those uh, tokens now because they are just going up and up in price. Oh, I'm sure. I spent $4 on a Bally's Arcade, a Bally's, uh, well, actually not the one with Bally's. I want the earlier one that's uh, just Aladdin's Castle on it. So. Oh, right, right. I was like, well, I better get one before they're all gone. A little mementos. Indeed. So again, hopefully we'll see you all out there. Yeah. And uh, next week we will be back to our regular scheduled programming. It'll be whatever game we mentioned we'll be playing next. That's right. Decap Attack. Decap Attack. It is. So we'll see you then. Thanks again for everyone that's been supporting us, uh, you know, over these what is it like five years now yeah man half a decade we're old pros apparently it is crazy <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, uh, what a rush you know you know how to get a hold of us we yeah, tell yeah. you at the end of every show yeah do it if you want to yeah patreon people you're the best yeah thank you so much yes. you are literally it's 50 of the reason we do this show for sure it's cool. I mean, I love seeing Nick's smiling face over there. I love playing these games, but knowing there are people out there that not only listen, but put their hard earned money where their mouth is. They love the show so much, they're going to give us a dollar, $5, whatever. And that's awesome. And because you do, you know what I mean? I got to get this thing out. I got to get this done, even if I just want to go play the Animal Crossing expansion that came out. Uh. I'll get into some attack just for you folks. Hey, hey. And you know what? Even if it's not hard earned, we don't care. If you inherited it, you, maybe you sent some our way. And thank you. And you're. If you inherited more. it, <laughs> you could probably give a little more. No, I'm just. <laughs> teasing. Thank you all so very much. And, you know, if you haven't, uh, don't support us, consider doing so. Every dollar counts. A tiny amount, a large amount. We'll take whatever you can give and we'll appreciate every cent of it. Yes, yes. So yes. thank you all so very, very much. Yes, thank you. And. As always, cartridge commandos at home or in the arcade. Oh, game, game on! Game on! Game
1: off on. Oh shoot! I have to do the podcast over. Start over. Yeah. Uh...